Welcome to the Three Thirds Mike, One Third Scouts podcast. It is episode number 54 and I'm joined by my fellow podcasters, Mr. Ross Smith and Mr. Simon Mann. How are we both? Excellent, excellent. I'm a married man now since the last time we recorded. Yeah. Feel any different? I feel, feel good. Feel it's, it's weird. I mean, obviously, Blinder put a lot more time, like did more, a lot more of the work than I did. Oh, it, I would never pretend it was like an equal uh, partnership. But I do th- I find myself thinking, God, you've got so much spare time now, you've not got a wedding to be planning. Like, <laughs> I'm not going in the back of my mind, I should really be thinking about the wedding. So, yeah, so now, now days oh. off to feel a lot freer. Well, I mean, what, what are you going to fill your time with? Well, you know, I'm watching real, wheelchair rugby at the moment, get through a few box sets. <laughs> Is that, I'd uh, love to, I, think... I mean, I'd love to give that a go. Oh uh, yeah, I, well they have able-bodied people in the team, don't they? Oh, do they? Yeah, yeah. So on each team, I think you're allowed two able able-bodied people. That's the best of the. Yeah. Because there might be a lot of, I don't know. But if they, you, you about... just seem. You just seem to ride and crash into people, though. Yeah, yeah. That, that just seems to be the game. But I, I, if they want to get into the Paralympics, they've got to get rid of the able-bodied people. Like, you can't have able-bodied people, then. So I don't know what they'll they'll do. Oh. But it looks good fun, doesn't it? Yeah, so you break your neck and then actually need a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I was I was looking at some of the collisions, collisions, and thinking, yeah, not being able to like feel in your lower half of your body might be, uh, yeah, and not having to worry about you know <laughs> whether you want to use your legs again. <laughs> yeah. I imagine you could be a bit more gung ho in, in that scenario. <laughs> what are the rules? I don't understand what the rules are. Which is like normal rugby, isn't it? No, a rugby league's every five tackled, you've got to... Every oh, six so it's all oh, okay. so got to hand the ball over. Oh, that makes it a bit more exciting. I thought, because I thought it might be, it might be union rules, I thought it might be a little bit more of a tough watch. But I suppose if it's league rules, it's, it sounds much better. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, there's ramming each, each other and then, uh, yeah, you get six attempts of that and then... Give the ball back. Oh, it's it's Super League World Cup's on, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Is it's it front stage? I think it might be like semi-finals at some point this week. Two rugby World Cups are—they take ages, don't they? Cause, like they can only play once a week, so I feel like it really goes on forever. I mean, slight side note is that a lot of the uh, rugby. Um, League men's teams have been staying at uh, the village hotel in uh, in Berry where Grayson goes swimming. So the one weekend I didn't go, um, and I think Ashley went. The uh, as Grayson was having his swimming lesson, all of the burly rugby men walked uh, downstairs in tight trunks to do some um, water aerobics. <laughs> so I'm surprised I've still got my wife. <laughs> And then I think when I went 
when we went a couple of weeks ago, I think the Jamaican team were there. I think their bus was there. I'm assuming it was for that. It could have been for it could have been for anything really, but I'm assuming it was for the Rugby League World Cup. But we still got Ross, or is he head straight off to the Village Hotel? <laughs> Hello. Oh. I don't write. I might have to try something different with this. Right, give me. Give, I'll be back. You <laughs> chat amongst yourself, and I'll be back. <laughs> so, more than one team are in this village hotel. Well, no, I, I don't know. I'm assuming because they they don't play in the same place, so they play in different places. So I'm assuming they might just use it as like a, a, a like a layover type thing. All oh, right, yeah, yeah. I suppose that would make more sense. Um. Very similar to um, the Tesco in Presswich that um, I'm sure it's AF- AFC filed. I'm sure that they get picked. Some of the players get picked up from that Tesco every every Saturday. I mean, the One thing the is, with few- your family's um, approach to it, you know, obviously you're a big, big believer that if you've walked past someone, then you're best friends, aren't you? So. Oh, Presumably, Ashley now thinks she's a, a member of the Jamaican Rugby League team. Yeah, as long as she doesn't apply for physiotherapy, then she'll be all right. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I, in a way, I was kind of. Oh, I would it would have been nice to see the team, but I, I thought I'm not really sure. I would have. I wouldn't have been able to really do anything and shake anybody's hand, knowing that they were all in tight trunks. It might have been a, a little bit intimidating. No, and I'm not sure how many I'd recognise. Yeah, and you can't. You're not allowed. You're not supposed to. Uh, you're not supposed to take a picture at the swimming pools either. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> be able to get a selfie. <laughs> Hanging around the changing room for twenty odd burly men probably is not the uh, not the start of Saturday morning that most people would have, would have wanted. No, nah, I would have, it would have your reputation no good. Maybe if they get well, maybe if they get to the fact, it's a final Old Trafford. Yeah, I reckon oh, it will be. Yeah. There he is. Oh, got, I was going to say we've got two. Hello? Hello. Can you hear me now? Yeah. All right, there we go. Well, we could hear you before, to be fair. <laughs> could, I kept speaking and no one's responding. Oh, well, maybe we didn't hear you then. Yeah, right, we'll go again. I'm on a laptop now. So we'll see how that happens. Oh, loud and clear so far. Okay, right. I said, Cheesy, you couldn't look much different from a rugby league player. Do I not? Well, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick you. You wouldn't pick me. Well, I could be a tiddlywinks player then, couldn't I? <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say that looks more your sport from your build, but. Well, believe me, if somebody can crash, if so, if, a, if somebody that was twenty stone came crashing into me, I'd probably crumble. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just keep yeah, going. They might just pick me up and take them with me. Wouldn't exactly be a tackle, would it? Well, to be fair, so me and Ross went to go and watch Salford play a few weeks ago, and they didn't look like professional footballers. <laughs> <laughs> and they are actually getting paid to play football. So, <laughs> yeah. League two, League two, going well then. <laughs> well, I mean, they're, they're doing pretty well in your league. <laughs> Well, I think mean, Ross must have been the curse. I, I, I think they. What I think I. So I, I saw Ross at Henry's birthday. I think the day, the day after, the week after, I can't remember what it was now. 
And I think that every every time I've checked Salford's result, they've won. I think the only two times that you've been seeing they've lost. I've sat through 180 minutes of Salford. And I've, <laughs> I've not seen them score and I've watched them lose both times. So. That cost me £30 for that privilege. You can see why they gave Nicky Butt the job as head of you. Well, yeah. Is Nicky Butt manager now? No, he's CEO. Yeah. He's took over from Gary Neville. Oh, right. He's too busy on Have I Got News For You. Yeah. Give it a few years, it'll be Neville's packed lunch. <laughs> I, I, I do think Neville really should have waited until after the World Cup to make his debut on. It's very awkward, that football, that World Cup section. I or... couldn't figure out whether I thought it was a bit weird because of... It was him, or it was just a bit weird because it was somebody from like it was somebody from Manchester, somebody from the north. There were no like uh, not like people people from the north have done it before, but he was very mank. I just thought it was weird because it's him. I think for you, to be honest, I just I just think he uh, the 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 when he got asked about taking the Qataris money, he didn't he kind of yeah never mind yeah it was a bit. It's a bit weird. I mean, it kind of came out that I didn't. I didn't think that he would probably get a, as much of a grilling as that. But I suppose they're not going to let him go on there and, and get away scot free. I suppose. Yeah, I mean, fair I play thought, for turning up. <laughs> well, I thought he did. I actually did quite. I think when when you said Ross, was like, oh, he's doing all right. I was like, actually, do you know what? He probably is because it's not easy. He was doing fine. He just kept referring back to football, which I just thought mm, you don't do that. It's not a football-y show, is it? No. Well, it was funny when they called him out. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, there can't be much that we've... Uh, I don't think we've missed much, have we, since we've been... <laughs> well, if you, if, if, if you want to go back and start the season all over again, I'm more than welcome to do that, if you want, to, if you, if you want Ross. <laughs> I mean... I think I think in what has it been the six months since we've last recorded we couldn't have I don't think much has happened does it? Well, you know, as I was saying last time, I just think Harland will take time to adapt to the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that Charlie Shield game that he played that was that was <laughs> the only adaptation he needed. Well, he hadn't adapted to the physicality of it as he as he's always, he seems to be injured recently a lot. But anyway. What are we? What are we? Who do? What, who are we starting with, Cheezer? Um, so I'll tell you what. Let's get the bad news out of the way first, shall we? Should we talk about Liverpool first? That's the bad I news. Can, I could well, it's bad news for me. It's bad news for one third of this podcast, anyway. <laughs> um, and then um, I suppose we can kind of interject that. To, we can kind of segue into City, and we'll talk about United, and then. Um, the runaway leaders, that is Arsenal Football Club at the minute. So we'll have um, a quick break um, and then we'll come back and then we will talk all things Premier League and all things football. Welcome back to the Three Thirds Mike One Third Scouts podcast and we will start um, with the Premier League, um, and as we talked about just before the break, um, we will start with um, we will start with Liverpool season. So I, I, I think I think you probably know my thoughts on it, but 
I don't think we've, I, I haven't seen you two in person for a long time, so we haven't really spoken about this. So how, apart from laughing every five seconds, how do you, um, how do you think Liverpool season, or why do you think Liverpool season's fallen apart? I mean, I, I think it's a combination of things. I think the recruitment hasn't been as good as it had been. There was, you know, there was a few years where it looked like it seemed every player Liverpool signed for not much money turned out to be brilliant. And now there's been a few more misses. Combined with the fact that, you know, that brilliant team is starting to get a bit older. You know, suddenly they're all in their mid-30s. I mean, Milner must be mid-60s now. And they're just, you know, not, you know, they're becoming a little bit more inconsistent. They're getting injured more often. You know, the people that are coming to replace the likes of Mane aren't as good. I think all that stuff is combining together. I think, um, I think, like I said, there's, there's an, an element of the age thing. I think very much in your midfield, your midfield's been allowed to age with no real. I mean, I know Harvey Elliott's been playing in there, but he's young, he's inexperienced. He seems to be playing a hell of a lot more than I imagine Klopp thought he would have been uh, and Harvey Elliott thought he would have been. Um, so I think the midfield's not working as well. I also think you haven't replaced Mane. I don't think anyone really appreciated the, like the work that Mane was doing uh, in that front line. And then I also think you, you developed your defenders have developed an arrogance that no one's going to beat them. Almost Van Dijk and Trent have kind of, I think, listened to a bit of the noise surrounding them a bit too much recently, and and then. Especially Van Dyke, I think like he's he seems to have gone along with I don't know, to me from the outside it looks like he sees that he just think I I imagine in his head he thinks someone's gonna look up and see it's me and then just give me the ball as opposed to he needs to actually do anything to stop them. And then well, Trent's always been suspect at defending. I think he's he's getting found out because of the your age in midfield. But that would be my take. I don't know what you think, Fuser. I think it's a bit of everything, really. I think the I think the problem with I think the problem the problem with like the players that left. So like Mane was Mane apparently had said like he wanted to go the year before, um, and kind of had one last season and that was it. So he he'd gone to Bayern Munich and you're right, we've not replaced him like for like, but ultimately to, to have done that, Liverpool would have, would have had to spend probably an absolute fortune and not really sure on who. So they've ultimately had to take a punt with Nunes, who, I mean, with all being well, probably wouldn't have played that much in the first, probably wouldn't have played hardly any games at all the first half of um, of the season before the World Cup break, because Jota would have probably been in a nine and, and Diaz would have started on the left. But Jota came back from the Nations League injured. Diaz got injured at Arsenal. And all of a sudden, Bobby Firmino's our top scorer, um, a guy who's... Who was slowing down probably last season, and what probably wouldn't have, himself wouldn't have been expected to play. Um, the midfield's just been a bit of a it's been a bit of a disaster, really. Like with loss of form and injuries, um, and just a complete shuffle around of uh, of the team. I mean, from the side that from the team that played the Community Shield against City. I mean, I don't think Kaita played against for Liverpool. Thiago went off in the first like, first game of the season. Sabino's form is has dropped off a cliff. I think the thing we you said, Simon, about recruitment is they, they obviously wanted to get Chuameni from Monaco and they'd agreed a fee, but he decided to go to Madrid and 
there was just no second. I mean, it's very similar to Van Dijk. It's difficult sometimes to call it out because Liverpool didn't sign a centre-half in, in the summer, waited for January to sign Van Dijk, and it all worked out well. But Chirmeni's not going to come now because he's gone to a different club. Um, and there has to be some sort of... There was no backup. The backup was, what, Arthur Mello, which might as well have been Ben Davis for, for, for what, what it really... What's happened to Arthur, 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 by the way? He's, he's injured. He's, well, he's, he's injured. Be back for till March, I don't think. He's done his either he's Achilles or his cruciate or he's done something, but he won't be playing. He won't. I mean, he might turn up in the odd game at the end of the season, but they've not said they'll. I don't. I don't think they've said they'll send him back in January. But I don't see him playing for Liverpool unless there's another this um, midfield problem continues into the into the new year. He won't play again for. He won't play for Liverpool. Um, and then you the defense. You're probably right. I think the first game against Fulham. Where kind of Mitrovic just probably had a point to prove, and we 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 probably just played the I wouldn't say the worst team we could have played at, at, like on the first game of the season, but Mitrovic with a point to prove was like, well, it's the free hit. I'll just I'll show the rest of the Premier League what I'm like, and took the defenders on, and we just we just couldn't we just couldn't handle it, and for and it just kind of set the tone for what was a really difficult few couple of weeks. Um, I think the big, I think, although Sunday wasn't amazing, Canate, that was his first start in the Premier League. He'd only played 18 minutes in the Premier League before Sunday. So he will be Van Dijk's partner. And a lot of a lot of the issues with Trent is that a lot of his stuff has never really gone away. But I think more people have had a go at Liverpool this year. Henderson, who would obviously cover for him, has obviously been injured as well. Um if Liverpool aren't losing and we're not conceding, and some of that might be like Canate helping Trent out and Henderson helping Trent out, then a lot of that noise kind of goes away. And I don't get this. I don't get the narrative that Liverpool, like England, can't pick Trent in a in a in a knockout World Cup game. When all right, it's a one-off game, but the lad's been to three Champions League finals. So I don't. That's the bit that, I don't, and I know that's over two legs. I get that, but I don't understand that he can't play. In in a really high pressure game, if he's saying he can't play in a high pressure game because he's got he, the the centre half who's playing next to him isn't good enough to always bail him out or to bail him out some of the time, then fair enough. But I don't really think it's a reason not to take him. But then I just don't think I, I think what, if Reece James was fit, I don't think he got him. Is, is it is it because he's playing badly, or is it because we've all got it in our heads that he's a bad defender? And therefore, teams just attack down his side more often. It sort of becomes a bit of a self-fulfilling. The teams have uh, always attacked down his side. The, the 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 year, what was was it? The year I don't I can't remember. We drew or you beat us two one, and Rashford scored. And Rashford the, a couple of seasons ago, before the COVID season, when I'm sure it was two one. It was either one all or two one, and and it, it's always really been that side that, that that is obviously opposite to Van Dijk, and it's opposite to Van Dijk, so. Whoever was playing on that side, it would always go over there anyway. And it's just been, I like Ross said, he's not the greatest defender in the world. No, no. But, and obviously, the other way, it's not, he's not been, I don't I think he's scored. I, I think, yeah, I, I think the worst thing for uh, Trent is, like, like you said, like you mentioned, Henderson would have always covered for him and been able to get about. And I don't think that's happened as much this year. I do think he's been injured. He's not, he hasn't played. Yeah, but I mean, just generally within the midfield, there's been no one there to. Like when he goes, yeah, because Elliot Elliot's been playing on that right hand side. So I think there's that element to it. So he, he's getting exposed a bit more defensively, or 
mistakes have been highlighted a bit more because there's no cover in there. So whereas you would have gone, oh, it's it's brilliant the way it's been worked because the midfield's been allowed to cover. The midfield's not there, so then Alexander-Arnold's been highlighted as he's out of position a lot. I think also it's gone on the fact that Van Dijk hasn't started the greatest. Joe Gomez hasn't been the best uh, in the middle. You've had Robertson injured as well on the left-hand side. So I just think the, the back four hasn't been as settled as it, as it had been in the past. And then a lot of things are coming down the right. And that, that was probably always happening, like you say, but the midfield and lots of other things have accumulated along that. And then, like, I think you were going to say, like, his output going forward as well. So you're not really, I don't know, you used to see, like, oh, he sprayed two or three worldy passes a game and you go, well, that's that's the trend that you know. And, like, that's what you that's what you get from him. Whereas I don't think you've been, I don't think you're getting that kind of, oh, that's a, he's amazing going forward aspects of it so it, that does that does that negate the defensive frailties kind of, do you know what I mean yeah what well, I think what they really wanted what they what the what Liverpool play the the triangles that Liverpool play between like Thiago Robertson and what was like Diaz Armani or whichever and then obviously Henderson Salah and and um and Trent for like uh, it, like on the other side if like the dream would have been Nunes comes in, Jota's injured, or either which way, Jota or Nunes play in, in a nine, and then the triangles work either side, and Robertson and, and Trent are just spraying balls into Nunes or Jota, and we're, we're I don't know, two nil up before like a team starts to attack us, and, and that just that just hasn't happened. Um, and like I said, it's just been, I suppose, a lot of. Look, you need you need a bit of luck every now and again, and Liverpool have just Liverpool have just not been uh, have just uh, not had a lot of luck, and a, a lot of it you kind of make yourselves because sometimes teams will just won't bother attacking because they know that there's not there's not really much point. But when you give teams that sniff of, oh, actually we could we could do something we could do something well here, or we can't break teams down, or then they've always got the you're you've always got that chance, and that um, I suppose it's just the season a couple of seasons ago when. Um, when Allison ended up scoring in like the like one of the last games, and you basically just just got into the top four, and you've basically been out of it in the league all season. And th- people thought, "Oh, is this the end of that Liverpool side?" And then, like following season, right back on it, and you know, and you ended up Liverpool must have played about three hundred games last year. I think Liverpool played like every single possible game. Is this another blip season like last time? Or do you think there's more to it this time? Is this actually you know some major needs to happen to that Liverpool team? I think that, well, if you, just, if you just said to me in the summer, we're going to sign a centre-half, or, I mean, ultimate, I mean, somebody we've not even talked about yet. So, Robertson and Simicass play. I mean, the the goal would be for what City you've got is pretty much two players for every position. And, and I mean, you could probably say that City would sign so many versatile players, they've probably got three. But, like, so we brought Calvin Ramsey in in the summer, came in injured. He only just played, only came on, I think, against Napoli for his, for his debut. So, he's missed 13 league games already this season. So, Trent's, Either had James Milner is understudy or Joe Gomez is his understudy, and Gomez has not been his understudy because he's having to play centre half. So a lot of the a lot like we wanted to sign a midfielder in the summer, but then we already had eight centre. We already had eight midfielders, and with Elliot and Curtis Jones being probably the seventh and eighth choice and midfielders, and you, I mean you can probably add Cavalio into that as well. So we'd sign like our eighth and ninth midfielders. The, the problem's been they've just had to play. Thiago's been injured. Fabinho's been been dropped. Kite has been injured. Oxley Chamberlain's not been playing, um, and it's just been. I think they knew that. Either they knew that Fabinho needed a rest, which is why they would have signed this guy who 
We went to Madrid. Um, but injuries have just... I mean, everybody gets injuries, and I, I get that. But everybody's going, oh, this... Like, when we're talking about Firmino, but Firmino was he's ultimately Liverpool's fifth-choice striker. But because Liverpool have had to play with three strikers, he's had to play for more than more than, more than than most. And sometimes Elliot's played. I mean, Liverpool, at one point, Liverpool changed the formation to... Four two three one because we only had two fit central midfielders out of eight, so it's just been a really disjointed season. And I think the two months towards the back end of the season last year, Oxley Chamberlain didn't even get to a match day squad. Never mind, and he was fit. And then we roll around to the season, and he gets injured in pre season or whenever he got injured, and he's out for the first half of this season. To the point where. Um, him and Keiter, I think, are both fit or have both been training and neither of them could play in the Champions League game that we played against either Rangers or Napoli or both or Ajax or Napoli because they're not in the Champions League squad because we didn't think they'd be back. So not only did it hamper it further by them not being able to make um, changes in the Champions League against Napoli because I think they brought teenagers on at the end because Oxley chamberlains fit but he can't play because he's not in the Champions League squad. So it's just been a bit. It's been a bit of a nightmare. Like, play, like players are absolutely off form. Um, I tell you, someone being fit and not being in Champions League squad sounds like when you play football manager, you just press that auto pick button. Yeah, and then you press continue, and then you go, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> As if it was, was to be, it was supposed to be out for ages. Press bar, just going, "Oh, get through to the good bit. Come on." <laughs> So and obviously there was there was there's been oh, there's been so much talk about obviously Bellingham and, and stuff like that but I mean it's completely pointless if we don't end up in the top four then he ain't coming to us so um, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a it's a bit what of a non-start really. Um, what do you make of the news about the owners? Um, my my initial reaction was that we would. A, couple, a few in the last couple of weeks, a lot of people have been talking about. Oh, Liverpool are going to buy a midfielder in January. They're not going to wait for because we probably need two, um, because Oxley Chamberlain and Keita are both out of contract at the end of the season. We probably need two, maybe even three. So we'll go. We're going to buy somebody in January, similar to the Diaz situation. So my instant thought was, well, that's now not happening. So this this big investment that's going to happen isn't going to happen in the playing squad. And I also thought. What is the what is the ceiling of this the value of this of this team? What is the what is the what is the value? What is the top value that if you wanted to sell it for? Bearing in mind they paid two hundred and fifty million quid for it, or two hundred and seventy or whatever it was. The value is probably at what it is at now because if we don't make the Champions League, then obviously the value is going to drop. That a lot of this team now is coming kind of coming to the end, so. I think it's interesting. They've come out and said that they wanted investment, and to be, I think to be fair to them, they've been, they have been, they have been, they have been trying to get investors in. I mean, LeBron James owns part of Liverpool. I think it's only three percent or whatever it is, but they have been trying to get investment in. And I think something called the Redbirds or something like that part own like the club and stuff like that. But so I don't know. Maybe Bellingham's going to cost that much that they need to get investment, which is a little bit of a, a, a scary thought. Um, but I don't know. We'll wait and see. Um, it's, I mean, it never. FSG aren't the greatest in the world. I don't know many owners with a lot of money that are. Um, I would hate for. I would. I, I don't know. I'd, I. I don't think. I, I don't think I'd really appreciate getting a lot of oil money. I don't think I'd really appreciate getting somebody like Ted Bowling. So, 
It just just throws the it up in the air. Um, especially when I feel like we we probably won a game. Everybody seems to be talking about Spurs, not Liverpool after Sunday, and then all of a sudden everybody's now talking about Liverpool again because we're probably up for sale. So do you know um obviously just I know he's gone on to the elements. Um but just going back, do you not think Mo Salah's been very inconsistent this season? Um yeah, I think he probably has. I think again, I think a lot of that is that a lot of his I don't know what the best word to describe it is. Um the fluency with the team's not been there. Like I remember like you think about and I mean I'm I'm only highlighting this goal because I know you might be able to remember it, but I, I remember the like the goal that Diaz scored against United when it was uh, the, uh, the game at Anfield when it was four 0 and, and the the football that we played to get to that, like Liverpool, I, I don't remember. And to be fair, I didn't see the first half against West Ham, which is apparently was our best half of uh, football in it so far this season. Um, I haven't, I haven't seen any of that this season whatsoever. We've had to grind out results. Um, and I, I suppose one of the issues is when the rest of the team isn't playing well, you think, well, actually, but Nunes has started off a bit like a bit of a cannonball. So, do we really need to mark him as much? We'll just stick two people on Salah and man mark him, and we'll just sit back and it's fine. So, and I think Salah's never really been great with teams that have really sat back, and it's been it, sometimes it has been difficult. I think when we've been two 0 up after ten minutes, similar to what we were against Bournemouth, it's a little bit different. But it's um, yeah, it's um, it, it is it is odd. But I think I think there was a stat that he he has created he created sim- like as many chances as De Bruyne has and I think in the first 10 games of the season I think it was but obviously City have got somebody to put the ball in the net and we didn't so yeah, it's just one of those it's one of those it's just one of those things and I suppose the, the really strange stat is the only time the only Salah scored in five games five league games I think this season there's only two of them there's only two games that we won which was at City and the, at the weekend all the other goals that he scored in the season didn't didn't win us the game. But it is what it is. So you, move on to something else? Are you optimistic for the rest of the season though? Um, I'm a bit more after Sunday, but it's very much game by game. I, I could quite easily see Southampton sacking Hasenhutl and then turning us over. At, I think I think we play. I think we're at Southampton. I can't remember which. I can't remember whether we're at home or away now. But I could quite easily see Southampton turning us over. Um, if you just said to me that Leeds would have turned us over, I'd have said not on your Nelly. Um, and then the same with Forest. I would have said that we'd have beat Forest, um, and we probably should have beat Forest. But we didn't put the ball in the net, so we didn't beat them. They beat us. Um, so I reckon I th- you'll I th- stay up. Well, yeah. So, I think, well, I, think we're cl- I think, mate, I think after, I think before we played on Sunday, we were actually closer to the bottom three than we were to Arsenal. So, um, you, I mean, you must have found this embarrassing too, uh, Cheddar, when Sky Sports altered the league table to show the top eleven just so they could fill Liverpool in. Oh, did they? I didn't see that. That was a few weeks ago. Yeah, they did that. I, t- I, just... I tell you what, I uh, I tell you what, I did wind me up when I turned. Um, I thought, do you know what? I thought we'd had a good Sunday. I thought I'll put match of the day two on. I thought it's getting quite late. I thought, oh, Liverpool Spurs, that'll be the first game. I think it was the fourth game that we're on. <laughs> I was fuming. I had to sit through Arsenal and Chelsea and 
um, on whatever. I um, can't remember what else, other game was on. But I had to sit through those. I was like, I think I'm going to turn it off and go to bed in a minute. Oh. But anyway. Um, so come on then. Flip flip of a coin. We did, we've not recorded since United beat um, Liverpool. So how did that make you both feel? Have we not recorded since then? Wow. We have a pre-season I wrote down. <laughs> pre-season. We're about to break for the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what I, was, what I was about to do is start by saying, well, Liverpool win away, United, United are a disaster, all is right with the world. We're back, we're back to where we were six months ago. <laughs> oh, well, it's just an exciting time to be a Manchester United fan again. I, did, I saw, I think it was a, a tweet, and it was uh, pointing out that all that money that Manchester City invested, they're playing against some uh, drinks company. Man United got glamorised against Barcelona in, the, in Europe. Yeah, yeah. We did say Simon the other day. You predicted it. To be fair, well, I'm I'm glad United have got Barcelona. Yeah, I'm glad we got like a big game. It'll feel it'll feel huge. You know, it's a bit exciting. You know, you don't want just like some random club you've never heard of, and it's the biggest game of their life that they're playing against Manchester United. But I'd rather yeah. go out. I'd rather go out against Barcelona than go out against, like you say. God knows it, like some crappy, crappy team that it, it just does. I think like the last few seasons have been they've had no, no real excitement. After, even when we got to think, yeah, the Europa League final, there wasn't any like game where you went, "Oh, this is the yeah, this, this is a big exciting one." It was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, this we should be winning, we should be doing this, we should be doing that. So well, yeah, I mean, like, the thing with the Europa League is you either win it. Or you might as well just get knocked out. I mean, yeah. So yeah, so it is a, it is a, it is a exciting game. And I mean, they've got Lewandowski as well, one of the greatest strikers in world football. It's exciting to watch him play, isn't it? See, see if Martinez can tame him. That's exciting. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's just quite. Um, I can't believe we've not talked since we beat you, Jesus. I don't think we've talked since the first game of the season. Oh wow! I think we I think we might have done the first weekend, and I think that, no, we didn't. Do, I, I don't think we did the first weekend. Well, I think we did. Go. Well, well then, I'm going to straight in, Simon. How impressed with you are uh, about? Uh, yeah. How impressed with Tenag are you? Yeah, I've been broadly, broadly really uh, impressed. I think you know, United just look like they've got a bit of identity about them. We're going in the right direction. You know, we're dropping points every now and again, but, it, you know, it just feels like he's got a plan and he, he's got a very clear vision of what he wants. And, and you know, United did, under pressure, the owners did end up backing him. And, you know, if Anthony and Martinez had turned out to be rubbish or Malassia, you know, that could, it could, he really put his neck on the line. It could have backfired for him. And I like the fact they put his neck on the line. And it's working out. You know, he's the guy that really, he's clearly decided that he's going to take on Ronaldo. It would have been very easy for him to just like try and find a way to play with Ronaldo. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, people maybe would have blamed Ronaldo. Whereas, you know, the way he's really taking him on, if United had been rubbish and Ronaldo had just been on the bench, people would have been going, you know, particularly given how much 
basically Raul's former teammates in the media are incapable of saying anything bad about him. You know, if United had been losing and he'd not been playing Ronaldo, it would have been every week, well, why is he not playing Ronaldo? Why is he not playing one of the greatest footballers of all time? So, yeah, I think he's been really impressive, Ten Hag. What, what do you make of it? Uh, just the same, really. I think, um, I think. I mean, obviously, you go into the season excited and we get, we, the first two games were obviously um, not the start that anyone wanted. And then you're thinking, you're suddenly thinking, is this, uh, is this going to be the same old story where we, we get excited about a manager or we, we put our hopes in someone and they're going to let us down. But then obviously, um, I think the most impressive thing is, like you said, like his, his man management and his decisiveness and how quickly and effectively he's dealt with things as opposed to no story's ever dragged on. Everything's been dealt with really quickly. He's made big decisions, putting people in the team, taking people out, disciplining people, doing this, doing that. And I think you, you do kind of get, obviously you start, the football's better to watch than it has been. Um, and obviously that's half due to the fact that, like you said, we've the board have had to buy some big players. I don't think Casemiro was en- on anyone's minds up until um, some of the bad results happened. But um, it's just the way the whole the whole it, it, the whole thing feels different. So not just on the pitch, but the whole way he, he feels in charge of things as opposed to everyone's kind of along for the ride kind of he feels like he, he really knows what he's doing i think he's been like the way he's handled ronaldo like you say not playing him and obviously it's worked out that he's been winning but then he's it's almost as if like he's using ronaldo as his like little almost way to assert his dominance and authority on the club as a whole and he's doing it through that one player just by showing that he's willing to take on this massive personality he's willing to take on not playing him, he's willing to discipline him, he's willing to like like you say, play arguably one of the one of the greatest footballers ever played football, the greatest goal scorer that's ever played football. He's willing to say you're gonna go and train with him twenty ones for two or three days. So everything about him is just it's just really, really impressive. The only thing you hope going forward is obviously we got beat at the weekend against Villa, which obviously disappointed about, but like you said, we're going to have these blips. You just hope that the board uh, back him because he does actually feel like he knows what he wants. He's got a good foundation of what he wants already and just a bit more investment, a bit more backing of him and we we could actually do something, you think? Yeah, I mean, you look at you look at Ericsson and Casemiro and think, oh yeah, it is worth just buying a midfield, isn't it? That is a good idea. <laughs> yeah. why, why haven't we thought of doing that for the last 10 years? Yeah. So, but again, I like as much as, as much as I like Casemiro, I think he's been. I mean, I was a bit. I wasn't sold on him to begin with, and I think that was more because he was adjusting to the pace of the Premier League. And I remember watching uh, the Everton game, and I think I watched it the first ten fifteen minutes. I thought, God, he looks. He was giving it away. He looked to be. He was getting caught on ball, and then he, and then when he won it back off whoever he wanted and then first time played the ball forward inch perfect pass into Ronaldo's Ronaldo's path for him to go and shoot and score I just at that moment I just thought McTominay would never do that yeah like it was one of those moments where you go no that's what that's what a good midfielder looks like and then you suddenly start realizing as much as you 
I've never thought McTominay was good enough, but you're not knocking him to the point where, but you suddenly realise, yeah, there's levels in there to what, what goes on. And we, we've been, we, we haven't had the quality midfield for a long, long time. And all of a sudden to see, like you say, Ericsson and Casemiro getting the head up and playing forward passes, but accurate forward passes and going to the right player as opposed to just sideways, sideways, hiding from the ball. It, it's just, well, I mean, it's, it's just nice to watch for a change. Yeah, really positive. And the last few weeks, I've really enjoyed the, the introduction of Garnacho. You know, he looks an exciting young player. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. I think, you know, next summer, I think United will sign a striker. I think that'll be a, a big priority. They'll need to decide what they want to do with, uh, with David De Gea and the whole goalkeeping situation. But it just sort of feels like it's going in the right direction at the moment. I also Ooh. like, uh, you mentioned like he's signed Malassia, uh, obviously to provide a bit of competition for sure. Malassia started off brilliant. Everyone's going, oh, what a left-back he looks. Had a few uh, iffy games and then he's brought Shaw back in. Uh, so he's not been, a, he's not stuck, to, like he's not been rigid in his thinking and gone, no, I've signed Malassia, I'm going to have to play him. Right, you're not doing it on the pitch. You're out. Shaw's come in. Shaw's been brilliant since he's been back in, and now all of a sudden Molassi's having to work to get to get his place back. Uh, Anthony again came straight in, scored in his foot. What two or three games looked looked relatively decent. Then he went kind of went off the boil a little bit, and then he obviously did that um, spin move that he likes to do against Sheriff, and then he's been took off since then. You've not seen him since. It's kind of like. It's this decisiveness of no, if you're not doing it on the pitch, then you're not going to get on the pitch. Which I think, I think the past few seasons, and especially because we've not had the competition there to do it, McTominay and Fred have got a free ride, really. And like Maguire and Lindelof have got, had a free ride in the centre of defence and not had the pressure on them to, if you're not performing, then you're not going to be in there. So, and Diogo Dallo as well. Who would have thought that there was that kind of right back in him? Because I, yeah. I didn't see it for years that so I was watching him. But all of a sudden, you're thinking, bloody hell, like, we don't need to sign anyone else. Like, we've got him. And so, yeah, so there's just loads of, but I just like the fact that everything's, he just, it's nothing's personal with him. It's all about the football. What's, what's best for this team at this time? Right. You're not doing it. You're out. Right. You're in. Right. Show me that you're good at, right. And it's all done on that as opposed to, I don't know, maybe under Solskjaer, it all felt a bit like, no, nah, this is all happy clappy, let's all in it for a laugh, like it'll all work out nice. And obviously, for a period, that was what we wanted after Mourinho, but it only goes so long, doesn't it? But Ten Hag seems to, he seems to have all the players on his side, he seems to be doing everything right, he seems to be getting out the best out of him, and it's just, yeah, it's just exciting. It's what Can I watching. say, I um, I was a big fan of, that, of this Anthony trick where he just sort of spins round. I really enjoy it. I, I hope he doesn't stop. I'm not anti it. I just think. I mean, I even think the pass that he played wasn't the wrong pass either. It was a, it was a, it was a decent idea, but I don't know. There's a time and a place to do it, I think. And 20 minutes into a nil-nil game, I don't think that's the time at the place. <laughs> but I think he's ultimately what the what the message is. But yeah, I'm not anti it. Yeah, I think if you're not going to enjoy. Your really expensive Brazilian winger doing pointless tricks. Then what's what's the point in life? Well, I mean, you watch the early days of Ronaldo when he was doing step over after yeah. step over. You just think no one slags that off anymore. It's <laughs> so what these guys are here to do. It's what they're paid for. 
Yeah. And if he didn't do it, no one would be talking about anything from that game, would they? <laughs> yeah. So, so in the race for, well, I suppose it's the race for top four, are, are you concerned that Newcastle might have already wrapped one of those spots up or... Uh, I think, uh, no, I don't think Newcastle have wrapped it up. I think they're playing unbelievably well. But I think uh, with Newcastle, you say an injury to Gimeres or someone goes off injured. You can get Almer on at the minute where he's playing. If he goes off the boil and somebody stops scoring, because I think he scored in the last four. Ever since Jack Grealish tweeted about him. Yeah. I think, I think, I think Newcastle haven't quite got. They're probably in a very similar situation to us. Like they haven't got the squad depth, that, and we've not got it. If say if Casemiro got injured, or we had a long like Ericsson got injured and weren't playing for a few weeks, and we had to go back to McTominay and Fred, all of a sudden you're looking at the season going, oh, this is going to be a, a tough one again. But you Casemiro and Ericsson in there, you're like, oh yeah, okay, we're going to do what we're going to do all right. So I don't think it's cut and dry. I think Newcastle have been absolutely brilliant, uh, but I do think you you could quite easily get. Could quite easily get a few injuries to them. I feel like Newcastle have been sort of boringly sensible ever since this money came in. Like they, like they've made like just good appointments, signed good players, but not not too flashy. You know, people that can really improve their team, and you know, it's, it's all been really frustratingly like smart the way they've gone about it. I think the January transfer window will be interesting because suddenly. They'll be in and around the top four. I think they're probably ahead of where they thought they're going to be. There will have just been a World Cup. I just don't know. I'd be interested to see if if that's the moment where the owners go and you know they'll they will. There is always a breakout star from a World Cup. And will they be like, why don't we go and sign whoever this World Cup's equivalent of James Rodriguez is? It's Juve. Yeah, that's Juve. Yeah. I agree. I, I think in the past, like when um, when the owners came in, obviously they, they were down the bottom end of the table, and then I think they they, did, they obviously they've done everything right so far, and they, they have been kind of annoyingly boring. They did spend sixty million pounds on a striker, though, didn't they? I know, but that just kind of feels like the going rate, as opposed to, and it wasn't even like a striker. Wasn't the name, was it? It wasn't like when City went out and got Rubinho, or it wasn't like this really over the top sign of someone they didn't really need or was really too big for Newcastle. Yeah, they sort of paid the going rate for a young up and coming striker who might be worth more in a few years' time anyway. Yeah, so that so it still felt a very sensible decision spending all that money on on him, and obviously he's been injured, so he's not really seen what he really can do over the course of a season. Um, but yeah, but there was obviously no pressure, was there? There's no like doing the sensible things when they did the sensible things earlier when the owners first came in and then just steadied the ship and got them playing decent football. Then the next transfer window, just to carry on in the same vein and then hope you move up to around sixth or seventh. But like you say, going into this World Cup and they're at third, or if they still are at third, then it suddenly do the fans get a bit, well, there's an opportunity here to really drive home where we are and make an impression and do the owners, it'd be interesting to see what the owners do and whether they back it or not or whether they just carry on going, nope, we're going to stick to the plan that we've got for the five years or whatever. Yeah, it will be, it will be fun to see the January transfer window. And then, and then similarly, with a, a boring club who've been taken over, it's all gone smoothly, Chelsea. 
<laughs> the ghost of Christmas future for Liverpool. <laughs> no, I hope not. I hope, I hope we don't get um, either Robert Kraft or, I don't know, Donald Trump coming in thinking he can do everything <laughs> himself. And so he's our director of football and his son's playing up front. Presumably Tuchel was manager last time we did a podcast. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's. I thought it was weird to sack him. Um, I think they're in a bit of a mess, Chelsea. I, I, I'm not. I, I just don't think they've got many people who are making sensible footballing decisions, or really know much about football in their sort of senior roles. You say that, but then at the same time, if you're going to set Tuchel, I think Graham Potter's a really sensible appointment. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a good appointment. Mm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure playing Raheem Sterling as a, a right wing back in any formation is uh, good for him or good for Potter. Although I think, to be fair, he has. I think he's inherited a bit of a mess. Yeah, that's. I don't think. But I don't. Where, you, where Potter plays the players isn't Potter's fault. Like it's not his team, is it? So he's just... Well, it's, it's one of those classic Chelsea squads of, that have kind of just been put together by the fact they have a different manager every year and he always demands new players, and then they're just left with these. This mad combination of a squad that you would never start out as thinking, yeah, well, we need these, you know, lots of cover in these areas and none in other areas. Yeah, I, look, I, yeah, I mean, you, you knew it was all going to go wrong for um, for Tuchel this season when the new owner came in, and I mean, how much was spent on Kukurela? Yeah, million. Yeah, I mean. I don't think Tuchel was sanctioning that, going, yeah, I want to spend a lot of my transfer budget on <laughs> Brighton's left-back. I don't really think that was the case. Well, so. we've already got Ben Chilwell, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, look, I'm not saying Kukurela's not done all right, but I wouldn't spend £60 million on him. Um, so, yeah, so I do think, like, I don't know. I like Potter. I don't want to see him do well, because it'd be nice to see an English manager uh, at an English club at one of the top English clubs as well and actually achieving something. Um, but yeah, obviously, I mean, Chelsea are going to have to sign people in January because that's you've just got a new manager and so you're going to have to back him a little bit in the window. So it'd be interesting to see what direction they, te- what direction they do that. So The problem is they bought a lot of players in the summer. I mean, if you suddenly start buying the Andrew Trossard and Danny Welbeck, then I would be a bit worried. <laughs> um but yeah, but I mean, I know they bought a lot in the summer, but they bought a lot in the summer based on having Tuchel in charge. And Tuchel must have had, I know he wouldn't have had, by the looks of it, he wouldn't have had a lot of say, but he must have had some say in it. But now you've got yeah. Potter in charge and Potter, Potter surely went in with that saying, well, yeah, but I want I want to make this squad my own in January. Because otherwise he's, he's not getting a fair crack of the whip, is he? Really? I mean, one of the few reliefs for Chelsea is that Tuchel taught them out of signing Ronaldo. Uh, yeah. I mean, that'd be... Well, they, they signed Aubameyang instead. I don't know what's worse. <laughs> I don't know. I feel, I feel like Aubameyang still got something in him. They'd have been better off signing Danny Welbeck. <laughs> Aubameyang hasn't scored for seven... Yeah, has he scored from yet? Yeah, yeah, I think he's. I brought, I drafted him. At my, I was having, a, I was having a very bad fantasy football draft. So I, I was, uh, I drafted him in. So I think he got one. I think he's got one goal in Premier League so far. I think he's got a couple in Europe, but I think he's only got one in the league. I just think I, I think 
Yeah. Chelsea in the past, you always thought, like, no matter what happens, they're always there or thereabouts, aren't they? They're always, like, top four. And I like Potter, but, yeah, you do think this season, the way the owners come in and just kind of started signing whatever he wants and doing whatever he wants and talking about bloody all-star matches and north versus south, you do think, God, you ideas above your station here, mate, like, just pipe down and see what happens more than anything. So that, that he makes me think that Chelsea are in trouble more than anything and makes me think like they could miss out on the top four more than anything, mainly because if he doesn't back Potter in the January, then, like you say, he's, he's, he's slain Raheem Sterling either as a second striker or as a right wing back, which doesn't suit anyone, does it? So moving on to um, a side that is kind of flattered to deceive to a side that is currently top of the Premier League. Arsenal Football Club. The project is worse. But that, that, that's some fact, hasn't it? In, they've, they've stuck with him, seen it all through, and now they are kind of reaping the benefits of uh, their... What, has he been there now? Three, four years? He's been there three years, I think. Three years. Yeah, so they've seen the benefits of having a plan and seeing it out long-term thinking, which obviously doesn't happen that often in the Premier League anymore, does it? But they're now seeing the benefits. I, I tell you what is weird, that actually, even though they are top of the league and they are, like they've went away to Chelsea, they've won and they, they keep, I think we're the only ones who have beat them, aren't we so far? Yeah. Um, but they keep going to all these places and picking up results, but no one still wants to say Arsenal are title challenges. Yeah. I, th- I find that very strange because I just I'd just like to point out the team that are second, third, and fourth have also only lost. Um, is it second, third, and fourth? Oh no, the fourth team haven't. Uh, second City have lost one. Newcastle have lost one, and Spurs have also obviously lost as well. Yeah, that's Liverpool. But then if you look to the bottom where Forest and Leeds are, they've also won a few games, and they've also been against Liverpool. There you go. So we've only won five games all season and three of them have been, are against the top four. You play them every week then, can't you? <laughs> That's why I'm happy to get Madrid and not Porto. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, I, who were we talking about? Oh, Arsenal. Yeah. It's, it, it's just, yeah. I'll tell you one um, thing that has worked for Arsenal um, and I think it's probably something that, with the exception of probably Conor Gallagher, Maybe a few others is these Arsenal just signing these centre halves for team signing like eighteen year old centre halves and just sending them out on loan for I don't know three years or whatever it is. And William Saliba's come back and looks like a Premier League, actually looks like a Premier League, but actually looks like it was was a sound investment. So I think they paid twenty million pound for him and then just sent him out on loan. Yeah, well, it's really worked, hasn't it? And you know, and actually, he's the sort of guy you could see how he probably did need to be playing. And he just sort of looks like he needs to be a first choice player. And it, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a real sort of vindication of the way they've managed that situation. Because, you know, you look at him now and he's an absolute Rolls Royce of centre half, isn't he? If you can tie him down to a long contract, then it'd be perfect for Arsenal for the next 10 years, basically. But again, that's backing your manager, isn't it? That's having the. So well, I think Emery signed him. Yeah, but then yeah, he keeps sending him out on loan. That must have been a... It must have. Arteta must have had some kind of... Otherwise, he, 
he must have said, oh, I can play him or I'm not going to play him or... Some of it might be a little bit of luck because they did spend 50 million quid on Ben White and now he's playing at right back. And well, Ben White I mean, didn't, ben White didn't play also, right back. Uh, yeah, Emery also signed Nicolas Pepe, so, I mean, it's not... Yeah. <laughs> well, he could be at Villa soon, then, couldn't he? <laughs> I think a lot. I think, uh, Arsenal. I don't know. You still have this. I don't know. A lot of Arsenal season will depend on Partey. St- I, I think I watched. I, I watched match of the day highlights. I haven't seen. I'm. I'm not. I haven't seen a lot of Arsenal this season. Um, and but obviously Partey looks like the player that they that they spent fifty million quid on. Martinelli's obviously kicked on. Saka's kicked on. Jesus looks like the perfect player to play up front. Um. And a lot better than Lacazette anyway. And then obviously Odegaard looks like just looks like a player reborn in this system and play and playing the way he is. So I mean they've signed obviously some. I mean they signed that Fabio Vieira from Portugal for thirty million quid, and he's and and he's not even he's hardly played. But obviously he's back up to Odegaard and he plays in the Europa League. So I think the. I think the, the Martinelli sack a bit is, is is important, and obviously Jesus. I'm not. I, I know they've got Enketia and um, a few others to come in and stuff like that. But a, a lot of their a lot of their work. I think the highlights that I saw against Liverpool. A lot of their the, a lot of their like energy and gusto comes from that from the front. And um, I think my my big worry for Arsenal is Jesus doesn't score that many and hasn't been scoring. If Saka suddenly stops chipping in and Martinelli stops chipping in, who else is scoring the goals? Would be mine. I think they've spread the goals around. Partey's scored, hasn't he? Odegaard scored. Both both centre halves have scored. Yeah, no, but don't you can't. Yeah, but you can't rely on. I don't know. You, you, you no, right. aren't going to keep scoring. You, you, you're holding centre midfielders not going to not going to score that many goals. Like yeah. Bradley Jack is not going to score that many goals. He's not going to get to 10, 15 goals in the season, is he? And Erdogan, as good as he looks, he doesn't score that many goals, does he? Well, that's what happened against Southampton, wasn't it? They got to whatever it was. And I think, I I might be wrong. I'm sure Arsenal scored as many goals as City have this season. Oh, they might have done, yeah. But I just think, I don't know, you have more faith in City. City without Haaland, you have more faith with City scoring goals than you do with Arsenal scoring goals. Yeah, but it feels like I'm. I'm just assuming that Arsenal will drop off at some point. Yeah, and then, well, you know, maybe they'll get some injuries. Maybe the pressure, you know, whatever. It'll be a sort of classic Arsenal. But but then another part of me thinks, will is because F1 is sort of assuming that, and will they just sort of sleepwalk to the title in that way? Leicester did, where we all just assumed at some point this would come to an end, and then it just doesn't. Think- and then all of a sudden, people realize a bit too late, and suddenly. I think the big thing. I think the big thing will be when, when um, obviously, when the World Cup's over and everybody comes back. Obviously, the World Cup's going to uh, is a massive disruption for everybody. But if Arsenal come, I, I think everybody seems to think that by the time the end of January comes around, Arsenal will have lost three games in January and it's all gone. It's all gone belly up, and City by that point are nine points clear, which very much could happen. But I mean, if Arsenal get to the end of January and still top of the league, even if it's only by a couple of points. And I suppose the only other thing that's not happened so far this season, Arsenal and City haven't played one another. So that game got cancelled for the train strikes. So, or, no, it was because the the, the Europa League game got cancelled for whatever reason. Yeah. So Arsenal and City got cancelled. So they've got to play each other twice 
Now, I'm not I'm not suggesting by any stretch of the imagination that um, Arsenal are going to beat Arsenal are going to beat City twice, but I think they nearly beat them at the Emirates last season. I think it was Rodri's 96 minute goal or whatever. And if anybody knows City, it's going to be Arteta. So I don't know. I think that I, I think if they'd have played that game and you sat here and I don't know, City are a point in front, you'd still think, oh, City, this is City will just walk this now. But alternatively, you think, well, actually, City didn't do that well at Anfield, have dropped points in two other games this season so far as well, that all of a sudden they're sat five points behind Arsenal and they've played them, then it becomes a bit of a different a bit of a different story. So I don't know. I think that I think the World Cup's obviously going to be, is, is going to be massive, and those first three games back in the new year will be absolutely huge for Arsenal. But if they if they come back and kick on and carry on doing what they're doing now, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be able to. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be able to win the league. But I mean, yeah, I mean the World Cup's just this massive variable, and it's so hard to gauge how that's going to affect. So Firmino's not in the Brazil squad. Are the Arsenal players in? Martinelli's going, yeah. So I think Martinelli's... Well, I mean, if you were to pick at the minute who was going to go, Martinelli would definitely be going over Firmino, wouldn't he? So, um, presume Jesus is going as well, is he? <laughs> um, I would have thought so, yeah. So then, Jesus wasn't in a squad in September, and I, so I don't know if he's, he's back in favour again. And then, well, in that centre does he, does he play? Um... Gabriel. Gabriel. Yeah. I'm not sure. Because, like, imagine if those three are in the squad. You know, say Brazil win the World Cup, even if they haven't played a big part in it, they're not going to be racing back to play. You know, they're going to celebrate, aren't they? And enjoy winning a World Cup. They're not going to be thinking, oh, yeah. we need to get back for those January Premier <laughs> League games. I can't, I don't want to miss away at uh, wherever. Oh. Just in time for Christmas, yeah. Yeah. The, the finals a week before the um, Premier League yeah. starts again, isn't it? Yeah, and the finals are 20th. Yeah. I think the, thing, the other thing that gets me with uh, the World Cup, like, obviously, everyone's going on all the... Like, everyone, obviously, the big talk is Harland isn't going and he's going to have basically a month's rest. The other he's, thing, got he's like played for a month now. Well, I know, but what what I was what I mean is like everyone's going on. Oh, that's a big advantage. But I mean, arguably, there could be an advantage to the players that have continually played through that month. That then they're just in this rhythm of playing, and then they crack on and they start playing more. Well, whereas players who haven't played for a month, they're out of the, they're out of the loop of playing competitive games for a month midway through a season, which doesn't normally happen. And then they've got to get back into it. Are they going to switch on as quickly? So it could take them. Two, three, four games until they're up to speed, which could be two, three, four games too late. And you drop the points off, so yeah, almost I, like what you want is sort of knocked out in the group stages, don't you? So still have a few weeks break, but yeah, kind of, or you yeah. get through to the second round, and then, yeah, yeah, and then so, so you, you've had the you've, you've still got the sharpness, but you then you get a little bit of the rest <laughs> as well. But yeah, I, I just love the way everyone's talking as if like, oh, it's a definite that this rest is going to help loads and loads of players. and I don't know if it will or it won't. I don't. I don't think anyone can say for definite what's going to be the best way to go for it. I mean, you can. I mean, I don't. Well, obviously, the only the only thing we've got to go off is obviously Liverpool and what you think, cheesy. We obviously last season when you played nearly every single game. Do you think playing nearly every single game hampered you? Or do you think 
players can deal with it? Or, or do you think it will affect them next season as opposed to this season? I think, I think, I think for the way the Liverpool play, I think everybody has to. I think the games, the the games being thick and fast is actually quite a quite a good thing. Um, I think a lot of our injuries were like pre-season, and then I think once it's difficult. Once 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 the injuries start to snowball, and you have to bring players back a game or two earlier than you probably would have done previously, then that's where injuries will just kick on and just carry on. If you, they're not healed properly. But I don't know if Haaland gets injured, then he doesn't play, and they just bring Alvarez in. But I don't know. It, I think it could be anything. It's like with the break of anything. As soon as they start training again, like because they'll have a break, they're going to have at least the players that aren't there. I'm sure they're going to they're going to be able to, they're going to be able to have a couple of weeks off. I mean, they'll go and do the training in, in wherever they go on holiday and whatnot, like they do in the preseason. But they're not going to be in like all the Liverpool players aren't going to be in Melwood every. I'm sure Klopp said he's going on holiday. So he's having he's having time off. So I'm assuming that the, the players are going to get time off. The other thing that gets me with it all, and all, all the pundits and ex-footballers saying about how the break's going to do people good, whenever you talk to them about their career and their playing days, they all say that they used to love the games coming like every... They used to love playing and the momentum it builds and this and that. And then all of a sudden they're saying, oh no, four weeks are not playing. That's the best thing that could ever happen to you. Make your mind up. You see, if you want all the games coming thick and fast, though, you don't want them. So, who knows what will happen? I mean, it, yeah, it, but I mean, just like the, the teams that are winning are always okay with whatever the setup was, and the teams that are losing are always looking for an excuse, aren't they? And will point to, yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be my only thing that it would be more of a benefit to the teams that are struggling because it's a real let's put the brakes on this bad run of form, and then we well, can... it's also it's a big opportunity for new managers to have a month with the team, isn't it? Which is going to happen in a few clubs. You know, Emery's just got in. He's going to have a few weeks to assess them. Probably won't be that many Villa players going to the World Club. World Club. We'll probably have like a core of the squad still there. John McGinn and Danny Ings. And yeah. Ollie Watkins. Yeah, there. Yeah, Taking exactly. Yeah. Attacking play. yeah. <laughs> Leon Bailey. Yeah, they've got, they've got, they've got the, pretty much the front three not playing. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, whoever goes, whoever gets the Southampton job, We'll have a you know exactly a month to uh, almost have a pre-season with them, but yeah, but I think Arsenal won't want the World Cup to come because they're in a groove of getting wins. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be in- that. I think that's what would be the more interesting thing: how it affects the lower teams as opposed to the higher the, the higher placed teams, and will it have a big impact on on how they how they do? Just. Yeah, just touching on the lower teams. Have you been impressed with the teams that have come up? Uh, yeah, Fulham have looked good, haven't they? Yeah. I mean, I never knew Pereira could do something, but yeah. Well, Mitrovic, who sort of was your classic, bangs them in the Championship, can't do it in the Premier League, but he's you know, he's looking like he can do it in the Premier League all of a sudden. I think Fulham have looked the best, haven't they? I think. Um, who else came up? So Forrest Forrest came up and signed. Oh, I mean, Bournemouth sat their manager quite quickly, didn't they? And then they've had Gary O'Neill, who's stent the shit, but then they've kind of struggled a bit in the last, last couple of weeks. And then Forrest just looked... They just looked like a team who signed 22 players in the summer, is all I can say about Forrest. Although it does sort of seem to be coming together a little bit, doesn't it? Don't know if they'll end up having a stronger end to the season. 
Yeah, I think, but it's coming together in a way that I don't think the owners envisioned when they signed the 22 players. No. I think it's come together in the fact that they've gone more defensive and gone, right, we'll just sit back and catch people on the break, as opposed to, I think, they've thought, we'll, we'll sign all these players and we'll look like a great football inside. So, Although they jumped down and um, Steve Keeper signed a contract extension, didn't he? Yeah, but maybe the maybe it might not be the worst thing in the world because a lot of what we're saying is actually a lot of new managers are going to get five weeks with their players. Very similar that I wouldn't imagine there's many there's going to be very many Forest players that are going to go to the World Cup. So if you said right, we'll so I don't know what we're going to play fourteen games. So fourteen games, bit of a free it. The team's probably on a bit of a bounce anyway, like most teams are when they come up. So we'll probably pick up a couple of wins here and there. We, we, we might beat Liverpool at home. You don't. We, we'll see. Um, and then they all of a sudden they've got a five week break when they know each other a little bit better they can go away to warm weather training and practically get another a, a pre-season come back a, a, a different team in January or at the end of December and then actually Steve Cooper's gone well I've got I've had this team now for four I don't know four months or whatever it is so it might work out better for them in the second half of the season and as long as they're think, not completely um, drift which I think thanks to like Leicester and, and and a few teams, Leicester and Villa and um, I suppose Everton to a degree, and a few other teams. There's a lot of teams in the bottom that a couple of a couple of defeats and some of them have got some problems. Yeah, well, Leeds, I Leeds think I think Jesse Lingard time. started that semi final last time in the last World look Cup. Yeah. <laughs> now look at him. Now look at him. Well, but I, when we went to watch Salford and we watched. I mean, I don't. I'm not saying it just because it's Liverpool, but when Forest beat you, Jesus, uh, and I forgot Jesse Lingard existed, which was a nice <laughs> yeah. part. Of, it was a nice two months of my life, to be honest. What do you mean when I, he came on at the end? Yeah, then I was like, oh shit, Jesse Lingard still exists. Like he's still in the world. Yeah, but no, yeah, like, it, it's just it was, it was great that an ex United um, goalkeeper kept us. Kept Forrest in the game while an ex-Liverpool striker who never put, never actually played for the club scored the goal that sent, uh, that de- uh, took us to defeat. There you go, hence the breaks. A- Agent Henderson on, on duty. Yeah, it, I, I mean, I, I don't know about. I agree with what you say about Forrest having an extra preseason. I think Bournemouth are going to struggle. I think they've, yeah. had the, I think they've had the Gary O'Neill bounce, and now that's gone away a bit. And then I don't know what Bournemouth do in terms of who they get, who what manager they get in next, and where they go because I don't think they're gonna, they're not gonna have money to sign anyone in January. So they're kind of stuck with Dominic Solanke up front and kind of what they've got. And I don't know where they go in terms of. I think they've, I think they've kind of reached reached their limit, and they, I think they might drop off quite quickly, to be honest. But yeah. I think it'll stay quite competitive. I think there'll be a lot of... T- I think by the time it gets to... I'd like to say, I don't know. By the time it gets to maybe the end of March, I still think there might be about probably maybe seven or eight teams. I think it'll still be as close as it is now. I think a lot of teams will take points off off other teams. Um, I think I think a lot of the... Especially this year, probably more than most, that any probably any team can beat... Probably in the bottom half, any team can beat anybody else. Don't see any reason why they couldn't. Um, and I know that's yeah, probably the like case season, most years. In, in my head, last season, Norwich were cut adrift like early doors, weren't they? And, and that felt like a real sort of whoever was playing Norwich was going to win, beat them. 
Whereas this, you know, this season you do you do fancy, you know, you do think any game could go either way. I, 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 well, yeah, but then obviously uh, Wolves have got Lopetegui in. Southampton have just sacked Hassenhutel. But then you've got. Well, but then there's, there's three manager. Teams. If I said to you, there's three teams that could pop, that, that three teams that didn't come up could go down. Wolves are playing really. I mean, Wolves always find a way to to to, to get enough points to get up. But I mean, they've got Diego Costa as a striker at the minute. Well, that's not exactly worked out, has it? Well, that's what I mean. He's, he yeah, got sent yeah. off, didn't he? And then Southampton um, yeah. looked to be an absolute free fall. Anyone else that you, you just mentioned? Lee, well, I mean, Leeds, Leeds only just kept stayed up last season and sold the best player. But then they've got two wins on the trot. I know in fortuitous circumstances, um, like four, four. You don't want to be winning games four three every week. That's not a way to. Uh, you're not you're not pinning your season on. We're gonna we're gonna win this four three lads, um, and obviously they they're now twelve, but there's only three points off the the drop. Yeah, so I mean I feel like Bamford sort of returned to his his average, hasn't he? But then I also think, and I know Calvert Lewin's been out uh, for Everton, but I, I think on the slide I've watched the last two Everton games, Calvert Lewin's and he's getting into positions to score, but then he's just not taking the chances. And I think that's a bit of a worry for Everton that I think a lot of hopes were pinned on him um, coming back and scoring, and then he's not, and then he's got injured again. I feel sorry for Neil Morpé, to be honest, that he was signed in the summer and then as soon as Calvert-Lewin's come back, he's just been sacked off and told, right, you're on the bench. I don't think that's what he had in mind, to be honest, but... I don't know. I think he's probably turned said, we've already got a goal, we've already got a striker who can't score. <laughs> Yeah. To be fair, to be fair, Mope probably thought, well, Cavalier will play five games a season, so I'm pretty much starting every <laughs> every week. But then the other thing, like Leicester, obviously Leicester started off terribly, and now all of a sudden they're on a bit of a a bit of a run on. They, they've turned it around a bit. Yeah, I always felt Leicester would turn it around. I think they, yeah, there was just it's just a, it was a bit of a mess in the summer. All these players desperately trying to get out, but actually they probably haven't got the squad they had a couple of years ago when they were sort of regularly sort of challenging for the top four, but they've got a good enough squad to stay up, haven't they? I think I, I, I always felt like over the course of the season, they'd be able to sort of drag themselves up to a sort of low mid-table position. But then I'll tell you, you... I'll tell you what, you just talked about Leicester then made me remember that we were talking about Chelsea before and all the, all the money they spent. They spent £70 million on Fafana. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. And he's not well, played, is he? The 40 on Kula 50 on Sterling. They can't much money left in that bank come January. Oh, I don't think they'll spend any money in January. I think they've got Graham Potter in thinking he's grateful for the job. He won't cause us any mischief. He's not going to be demanding. For, he, you know, he's not a Conte. It's not like Antonio Conte coming in, is he? You know, he'll, he'll make do with what he's got. So you're saying, I mean... <laughs> You're saying Chelsea have, have gone and got a manager that works well on a budget. Well, yeah, I think I think that was part of the part of the thinking behind getting him. I think they've, they've got him thinking he won't call, he won't demand, and no, go public if we don't give him the players he wants. He'll be grateful for the opportunity. Uh, possibly. Um, so come on then, stick your because we might not record again till the end of the season. So um, <laughs> who's going to get relegated? Bournemouth. 
Southampton. I'll go for a bomb Forest and Leeds. Oh, that was the, that was the other person you mentioned before, Brentford. Do you think Brentford will go down? I think no. Tony doesn't play, then they've got a problem. Yeah, but I think Tony will play enough games. Bournemouth, Southampton. Who did you say, Simon Leeds? Leeds, yeah. I, I think it's a. I think they're having a, a little bit of a blip at the moment, but I can go over the course of the season. And I just don't think they've got enough goal scorers. I think, I'm, I'm really unconvinced by Jesse Marsh. I I agree. I've also got. I have a niggling feeling about Everton. I just think they're one of those teams that they don't concede anything, but at the same time they don't score that many. And I think if they go one nil down, I just worry that they're not going to they're not going to get back into the game. But I mean, it'd be, be a big shout to say Everton are going to go down, wouldn't it? I think Everton. I think I think last season there probably wasn't three worse teams than Everton. They just managed to kind of get on that roll and and, and have enough points to stay up. I think there's definitely three worse teams than Everton this year. We've also you've got to bear in mind last season they were able to get Johnny Van der Bacon in January. Ah, of course. <laughs> so you know you're never going to go down once you've got one of the world's best players in, are you? I mean, what? I mean, I can't see United letting him go again. They're about to turn out. Well, they've announced the World Cup squad. Where's Deli Alley? <laughs> yeah, he would have started that game with Jesse Lingard, I suspect. Yeah. Oh wait. I forgot about Delhi. Forest are going down for me. Oh, I, I forgot. Need to get a new manager in, and then they'll, they'll be all right. How about you, cheesy? You. Um. Well, I, I was I was very much sold on Brentford, and I feel like the, all the teams that you've just said put, made me push Brentford to seventeen. So I think we, <laughs> I, think, I think the consensus is Bournemouth and Southampton. I'd probably stick with that unless. I don't know, unless Southampton bring in Pep Guardiola, I, I, I can't see them staying up. But Southampton are even back to Poch, though, aren't they? Yeah, well, maybe. But he didn't want the Villa job, so I don't, if he didn't want the Villa job, I don't know why he wants the, the Southampton job, but maybe he just wants to manage again. He might start um, the house there or something. Yeah, maybe. Times uh, are tight, cost of living, mate. He might take it on for the end of the season, just to keep his hand in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let everyone know he's still about. Yeah. I think I might have to go with Ross. I think I might have to go with Forrest. Although I made a good point for them having a pre-season with all these players. It could also just completely just come to bat them in the backside. So I, th- I just think Forrest, for one of Forrest's star signs was Jesse Lingard, and that always. <laughs> Sometimes a really good keeper, i.e. Burnley, is what is not enough to keep you up. Yeah. I don't so, know, it'd be interesting. I mean, it's hard, isn't it? Because it's almost as if you're playing too many seasons, isn't it? You're playing pre-World Cup and post-World Cup seasons, so... I'll be waiting for Arsenal Fan TV to start lifting that trophy up, the uh, the halfway through season trophy. Yeah. I read an article the other day, 10 years old Arsenal Fan TV. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, it's lost its way since Arsenal started getting good. Well, he's trying to diversify, yeah. So he's sort of uh, he's, he's covering other clubs. I say, like I think we spoke about this before, but just how anyone who gets a camera and stands outside a stadium, all of a sudden, is like a a pundit now. Oh like, yeah, you get, yeah. You get asked to do proper TV stuff. It's just yeah. 
Well, a lot of the um, some of the red men, one of like obviously what I think the two big Liverpool channels are like the Anfield Rat, which um, I think they always kind of go to on Sky, and then there's Red Men TV as well. Red Men TV have just got half a million subscribers. And that's that is their that is now all their that is their job. That's all they do. So this just seems this just yeah yeah. I mean, I enjoy watching the overlap and listening to some of them talk, but it's amazing how quick how YouTube YouTube's got out of hand, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell him I must that in that back. There'll just be one social platform called Elon. That's it. You have to yeah. you have to pay you have to pay per letter. Per <laughs> yeah. I, I, oh, I yeah, might... I mean, this, this may well be the, the last free place where we can post. Yeah, Enjoy maybe. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. want... I'll have to send him a t-shirt. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, have we have we got time or not? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, World Cups. Oh, I mean, we might not record before the World Cup. Um, England's next. England's the start of England's World Cup is on twenty fifth of November. Is, have you got any uh, any England players that are not currently set in stone that you would like as a, as a as a wild card that you would say is going to be included in the World Cup squad? Oh, you mean like a Theo Walcott at 16? Yeah, kind of. Anyone, anyone that you want to character. Yeah, somebody's not been, like, well, I mean, somebody's so not my, featured my in, a, in a Southgate is, squad who's going to be. My instinct is that Southgate in general is slightly slightly averse to sort of bringing people, like, falters in. He likes to sort of stick with what he knows. And I think because the World Cup is like, literally Premier League stops next weekend from World Cup, like there's no real build up to it. I think he will want plays that he's used to working with. It's not like in a normal World Cup where you might have like nearly a month to work to sort of bring a new person in and and integrate them into the side. So I, I think it's unlikely that we'll that we'll see someone. I mean, I suppose Rashford hasn't been in many squads recently. I expect him to go to the World Cup. I think Ivan. I I, think to, I could see Tony being brought off the bench to take a crucial penalty. Okay, what, like he, did, he brought, didn't he bring Saka and he bring Saka and Sancho on? Yeah, he like, did. Yeah, yeah. On the uh, okay, then Simon, as you've said that you think you'll go for a, a settled squad, which I tend to agree with. Obviously, he's 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 worked with more players than his squad limit will allow. Is there anyone that you think would have been a nailed-on kind of shout that might might miss out? Who's been pre- a previous Southgate favourite that might miss out? Well, I, 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 all along I thought if Calvert Lewin comes back, if he just gets a goal, um, he'd be in the squad. I, I, I'm now less, I'm less confident he'll be in the squad. Also, I mean, I don't. I, there's sort of people like the right back situation. I don't really understand the fitness, you know. And also, um, the City midfielder Calvert. Calvert, Calvert yeah, I could see him not going. Because I think he just won't have played any games. So, what about you two? Well, I think Ward Prowse will play for. He will probably come in for Phillips, won't he? I'm just trying to think. The only thing I can think of is 
a, a name banded about recently, obviously, because they're doing so well, was Ben White, because he can obviously play centre-half, right-back. Yeah. I'm assuming he could probably play left-back as well. So um, he, he potentially will go. But that, I would assume that would be instead of Maguire, because I would have thought that Trippi will go, will probably play right-back. Um I don't think. I mean, would you take? I mean, Reece James won't play football now before the World Cup, so he might not be fit till December. So, would you take him? Or, I mean, are we surely England have learnt now not to take players that are not fit. Yeah, I mean, historically, it never works, does it? Uh, I presume uh, Trippy has got the right right wing back, right back slot nailed down. To be honest. So how many? How many? So how many spaces has he got? Twenty six. Which is I mean, to pick a squad now without with no prep is going to be tough. Well, we've got five it's minutes. Go. <laughs> this might be the best way for Southgate to do but it. So, so I, I would see Ben White going sort of instead of Kyle Walker as someone he thinks, you know, look, you can play him at right back if you want. You can play him at right side of, of a three. And I, I think that's kind of Ben White's avenue in. Yeah, I think Ben White's probably done enough. I think Trippy and also and there. also Ben White nearly went to the Euros, didn't he? I think Southgate does rate him. So who? So so who? Who's the two right backs that are going? Trippy or new? Well, it depends who's fit, doesn't it? I mean, I I'd still James, take Trent if. Well, let's say let's say Walker and Reese James are not. Uh, uh, they're injured. They're not playing. So I don't, I don't oh. think either of them are going to... I can't see how either of them can play for England when they've not played football for eight weeks. So I think most people have... First choice, obviously, is, is locked in Aaron Wan-Bissaka. And then second choice... Oh, is, you uh, stole is, my joke, Simon. I was oh, no. to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ben White's got ahead of him on the right-back list now. <laughs> I I'm just, a bit of me thinks that like Dallow's going to play like eighty games this season. <laughs> no rest, <laughs> and, and he's just going to refuse to play Wan Bissaka at all at United. I think I'm there's not... there's like there's obviously seven right backs in playing in the Premier League at the minute that are probably all English, but I think the eighth one in, on the list is like Lee Dixon, <laughs> and then it's Gary Neville. And he's not playing; he's commentating. Well, he will be out there though, so if if required. Yeah. <laughs> and then centre half, who's got? So Stones will obviously go. Stones is fit, isn't he? I th- I know you said Maguire won't, but I think Maguire plays. I think he'll take Maguire. I don't. I don't think he's got. I don't think he's got much choice now. I, I don't. Think he'll I think play he played because he. I, uh, but it's the same old scenario, isn't it, with Southgate that players that have never let him down, he'll stick with Maguire's. Maguire's always been... played. He's always played well for England. Go on. Cody, I'm going to say, is he going to, so four centre-halves, going to take Cody and Mings or not? Have I missed somebody out oh, here? Don't take Mings. Mings is an atrocious footballer. I mean, Cody. I think the thing that saves Maguire is, and, you know, there's a lot of reasons not to bring Maguire, but to be fair to Southgate, there isn't many other options. And I think that's that's why Maguire will almost certainly uh, start for me. Almost, and almost, I remember, well, go on. This is the biggest aspect of Maguire's game. He's, he can play in more than one position. Well, yeah, he can now play defense shown... and up front, as we found yeah. out on Thursday night. Now he's shown that versatility. Yeah, you can't. You need a goal. You stick someone to run round and not really know where they're going, and that's Harry Maguire. But like, yeah, 
I mean, Tamori didn't look good when... Um, often when players aren't playing in the Premier League anymore, I just assume they're doing pretty well. But Tamori didn't look good against Chelsea for AC Milan those games. Um, and, yeah, I don't really see what other options... You almost, you almost are hoping that Stones and Maguire stay fit at this stage. I mean, the other thing is, if Maguire doesn't go, uh, that means I've got to teach my kids a new chant. <laughs> which they've got quite good at Harry Maguire. He drinks a Jaeger <laughs> chant. So I'm hoping that, the, that he goes just so I don't have to teach him a new one, to be honest. But yeah, I, 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 I just think he sticks, he sticks with what he knows, doesn't he? I think you're gonna have a you're gonna have a situation. Trippier right wing back, Stones, Maguire. I think Walker is is Walker Walker's fit, isn't he? No, I don't think he is. Okay, well, I think, well you you then you get rid of Walker, you put Ben White in. You're gonna have Luke Shaw left wing back. You're gonna have Rice, Bellingham, and then you've got a three. You've got Harry Kane up front. Mount. Would you take Mount? I mean, I think Sterling's one that's. Uh, he'll probably play, but I think I don't think he's done been amazing at Chelsea. Foden, I'd, I'd say you have to start Foden. Oh yeah, I forgot about Foden. So uh, up front, I've got Sterling, Foden, Saka, Kane, and Grealish. You're not bringing Rashford now, right? Well, Rashford side. Yeah, and, and Sancho's dropped off a little bit at just the wrong time. He had quite a good start to the season, didn't he? But, but put Trent at the side. What? And so in midfield, I've got Rice, Ward, Prowse, Henderson, Bellingham, Mount. I can't think of anybody else. I've only got. I mean, to be honest, you get rid of Rice and Bellingham, that that midfield drops off a bit now, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's a sort of negative take on it. If you go with, if they stay fit, you go Rice and Bellingham. That's a really strong. Oh no, I agree. Yeah, I don't don't disagree. But I'm saying if one of them gets injured, and then all of a sudden you bring in more Prowse in, or yeah, I mean, you won't want as good as Henderson's been for the last few years. If you bring it, he's not the player he was now. You want a, a big like knockout game, and who are England turning to? James Ward-Prowse. Is he taking? Is he taking Eric Dyer? Oh yeah, he probably will. Yeah. Well, we'll move White to, and we'll put Dyer in as well. I'm just thinking we've got, I've got so I've got we've got 20 players so far who are a bit light in midfield. No, presumably you haven't named any goalkeepers, though, have we? No, I've but done. I- yeah, I've got. I've broke Pope Pickford and Henderson down. Surely you've got your customary five left backs, though, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of any more left backs than Shaw. You brought Ainsley Maitland Niles out there. <laughs> what is Ryan Bertrand doing? <laughs> I'll tell you what, I did find odd the other day, the blast of the past. Connor Wickham playing for Forest Green. Yes, come back. Like, oh, yeah, what yeah. Goal. He's, only tw- he's only 29. Believe it. I was like, it's not Conor Wicker that used to play for. He used to play in the Premier League about like two seasons ago. He's only twenty nine. Yeah. So weirdly, I was thinking than me, and I've been because <laughs> that Sawlough guy was playing for Real Sociedad against Manchester United. And I was thinking about that. It's, Crystal Palace had a season where they had Sawlough, Conor Wickham, and Benteke. None of them could score. Oh god. <laughs> Wilfred and Roy Hodgson kept them up somehow. That's because Wamba Saka was crossing the ball. Well, yeah, exactly. Wamba Saka was in his prime then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we've got six. So we've got six all. I tell you what. Let's just put Rashford and Trent in. Make it twenty-two. Rashford goes on his form this season. 
So that's 22. So we've got four places left. So we've got Pope, Pickford, Henderson. We've got Trippy, Maguire, Stone, Shaw, Trent, Cody, Dyer and White. So we need another left back. Probably need another per- another person, in- another two people in midfield and another forward. So is Tony going to go, do you think? I think Tony goes. If, yeah, well, Callum Wilson would be the other name that'd be in around. Oh, yeah. it must, Wilson surely must go over Tony. Yeah, unless, unless he takes Tony and Wilson, but I can't see him taking both. I would say that Tony would go because he's younger. And he's... And just because it's longevity, kind of. It doesn't really make a difference to me. It's a bit of a shame if Wilson doesn't go, but we'll put Tony in anyway, so it makes it 23. So two more midfielders I need. I can't, I can't name an English midfielder other than Rice, Ward, Prowse, Henderson, Bellingham and Mount. I'm getting down to Loftus-Cheek here. Well, I, I could see Loftus-Cheek. Loftus-Cheek, to be fair to him, has played for Chelsea, hasn't he? Again, another one who was in that, he was in that semi... I don't know, I know he wouldn't have started, but he was in that squad four years ago. Yeah. What about Conor Gallagher? Think he'll take him? Yeah, well, uh, possibly, but I tell you, I take ahead of him, but I don't think he will. And that's James Madison. Oh, uh, yeah. Madison's really big. And uh, he's becoming increasingly awkward. The fact that he's just refusing to pick James Madison. I think that's. I think the problem is he would play. He wouldn't play in midfield, but he'd play in the front. So you'd, he, you just take well, him. I, I mean, think, I think Madison. I think part of Madison's problem's always been. Really, he wants to play in a kind of 10 role, doesn't he? And Southgate basically doesn't really want to play with a 10. He kind of... Kane is his 10, really, isn't it, to be fair? Yeah. But, I mean, he's... Uh, England England aren't blessed at the moment with a lot of really good informed players, and he is. There must yeah. be more midfielders. We must have more than five midfielders. I know Phillips isn't. Calvin Phillips isn't in there. We didn't have a lot anyway to begin with. But it must be somebody else. I can't. I can't name another English midfielder, other than Colin Gallagher. Well, at least one more. Gallagher hasn't played though, has he? Really? Well, he has played, but he's not been. He's not been like Crystal Palace level performance for Chelsea, no. has he? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Madison. What what was that stupid thing Madison did? Did he go to a club or something? Yeah, he did do something stupid. He had a moment. Yeah, I think he's he's still paying the price for that. But I mean, is that I think this is Southgate's last thing as well. I think he's got. Oh, I could see Southgate. Yeah, I think this. I mean, if it goes wrong for England, then I could see Southgate being out. It just sort of feels like we're coming to the end of. Yeah, what's been a the great The end of the yeah. way. It would be funny if we took the Southampton job right now, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about there must be another left back? I know we had Chilwell, but there must be Shaw and somebody else. Who's the understudy at left back? Well, he, he actually played Trippier there recently, didn't he? Yeah. Um, on the right then. But it's always been with you. We haven't really got that much cover at left back, have we? You're almost going. Who, who are the lads at left? Uh, James. There's Justin play at right back. Yeah, who, who plays yeah. left? Um, but yeah, I think you have an English left back. So Cancelo plays there. Arsenal don't have one. Zinchenko and Tierney. Spurs. That's Sessegnon, but he isn't going to go. Uh, 
Chilwell obviously would have gone if he wouldn't have been injured. So maybe he does. Maybe he does. I mean, I, I mean, this, this sounds very. Maybe he just has to take Trent because we haven't got any more fullbacks. Well, I've so, always thought if you needed a goal, Trent is actually a good option off the bench. You know, you think, you know, all right, you might maybe you don't trust him defensively, but if you're one nil down with twenty minutes to go, yeah, I always think Trent could play in a, in a four three two uh, four two three one and play the right side of a, a front three if, as long as he doesn't have to play. Not well, not necessarily defend, but he, like he can he can put a ball in he can put a ball in the box. He's got he's got a bit of pace to him. So somebody somebody next to him, he can he's got somebody to pass the ball to, and then he can obviously. I'm pretty sure that Harry Kane wouldn't mind him playing on the right side of a three behind him. But no, it's probably it'll, it'll probably never happen. But yeah, I think I am a bit worried. Uh, about is it, is it, ne- is it um? Do England name the squad on Thursday? I think it, it happens this week. The the squad's coming out. Yeah. So we'll find out. Yeah, we will. Well, it's been a pleasure. Twenty fifth, twenty fifth, seven o'clock. Let's find a pub. Yeah. Let's when we get through, it, well, I say when we get through, we will. If we don't get through, there'll be riots. But. Um, the first game of the second round or whatever it is, I it's my Christmas party night. Oh. So um, I think it's the 4th of December. If England win the group, they play on the 4th of December and I will not be around on that night, unfortunately. So we'd better get through that game as well. Well, football's going to be known, isn't it? So. Yeah, <laughs> Vindaloo has already been started to be played in the Smith household, so... <laughs> <laughs> We have World in Motion on. I've been remembering the John Barn lyrics, so we'll, we'll be fine. When uh, when Trent gets the winner in the final, it all will be forgotten. Yeah, and then he'll cock it up five minutes later, won't we? Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. It's still yeah. weird, though, isn't it, a Winter World Cup? I, I don't know if I'm, I'm playing the music. It doesn't feel the same, though. Oh, it's really creeping up on me. Yeah, I, I like. I, yeah, I think it still hasn't really hit me that there's about to be a World Cup. Yeah, yeah. yeah what are we? We're, what are we? Three weeks out? Two weeks out? <laughs> this is normal, normal World Cups. I'd be. I mean, I'd be losing my head. Would be gone by this stage. Every conversation would be about the World Cup. I haven't seen like any adverts for it on the telly either, which isn't helping. Because there's Premier League football still to play. I know, but I mean, like on the BBC and stuff like that, they've not started to show it all. Like ITV, every other ITV advert is about I'm a celebrity. So, yeah, I mean that's going to be weird, isn't it? I'm a celebrity is going to be going on at the same time as the World Cup. <laughs> no, no, I'm a celebrity finishes before the World Cup. I think they started I'm a celebrity early. Oh, after. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's normally in the second week of December, isn't it? That's when well, the I'm sure the final is, but there we go. 20th of November it starts, and obviously everyone's excited for Qatar versus Ecuador. <laughs> the big one. Yeah. <laughs> the big one to kick it off, yeah. Is Antonio Valencia still playing? Right. I don't know if there are any, any more Ecuadorians, to be honest. Uh, could be. Well, Ecuador don't, um, they don't burden themselves by only picking Ecuadorians. I think that was a story, wasn't it? Well, did Ecuador oh, not really get kicked out yeah. for, yeah. England have run out of fullbacks or midfielders. 
Thanks for listening to the Three Thirds Mank, One Third Scouse podcast. Give it a like, give it a share, and let us know what you think on Twitter at Mank3. That's at M-A-N-C-T-H-R-E-E. And keep listening for more new podcasts every week.